one. Look at that. Yeah, 356 <laughs> have made through the show with Suja today. Hey, welcome to the show and congratulations. Your film's coming out on Netflix soon, right? Yeah, yeah, on Friday. It's wild. It's exciting. Check it out. I can't wait that to watch it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Definition, please, right? Is what yes. it's called? Yes, you definition, tell us, please. You want to tell us about, please, about more of what your film's about? Sure, <laughs> sure. So, Definition, please, is about. Mm -hmm. A young woman who, as a kid, won the National Spelling Bee, and now she is older and she hasn't achieved anything else in her life. <laughs> she still lives at home, she's taking care of her mom, and then her brother comes home, who's estranged, so there's some family drama happening there as well. Oh, cool. All right. And um, it's coming out soon. It's coming out this Friday. Um, is it, does it have any similarities to your life? Did you ever win a spelling bee when you were a kid or something? I did, <laughs> what win, a, you make? I did win a spelling bee when I was a kid in fourth nice. grade. <laughs> in fourth grade, I won my class spelling bee, but it wasn't a really big deal because we only had eight people in our grade. <laughs> and then I went on to regionals and I lost in the first round on the word radish. Oh, wow. <laughs> R-A-D-I-S-H. Yes, that's how, that's how you spell it correctly. <laughs> spell I, it. <laughs> I, I, used two, I used two Ds instead of one. Oh, damn, that was a close one. Though. Big mistake. Big yeah. mistake. Hey, and um, I mean, also, you know, you've been in a lot of great TV shows. And what made you want to pivot to working on a feature film, right? It's your, you know, you're directing it and you're writing it and you're in it. So, like, TV, obviously is what's making money and what a lot of people are doing and you have experience doing it so why do what do you, you mean i made i made films? millions on definition please <laughs> millions yes millions says, of dollars that's every yeah future filmmaker right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i don't think it was that hard of a pivot actually because yeah. because i'll take it all the way back to the web series that I was on, Issa Rae's Misadventures of Aqua Black Girl, and she was writing and acting in it and telling her story. And I was super inspired by that. So uh, even though that form was web series, I knew that I wanted to create no matter what form it was, even if it was television or short film or feature film. So I did a couple web series and then I did my short film, which you can see behind me, Cowboy and Indian in 2016. And that did the film festival circuit and it was really successful. And I've also sold it twice to two different studios as a television show. So it was a natural progression that led to the writing of Definition Please, the feature film and creating it. Oh, wow. Uh do you want to tell us more about like what's the difference between working on TV versus working on a uh, feature, right? I imagine it's a big difference. <laughs> and yeah, how did you know? It, I mean, you went from you know uh, web series like shows, uh, short film to feature film. You can see the progression there. Um, but yeah, what is the difference? I think the difference lies in television shows are generally produced by studios and networks and there's a lot of money behind them and you have a budget to have a set and um, hire a gigantic crew and a really great cast. And in big budget filmmaking, you also have the opportunity to do that. But of course my film was independent film. So we 
had to go out. I mean, I invested a lot of the funds into it myself and found friends and family to invest money into it to form, you know, the total budget of the film. And so it was more of a scrappy, let's put, pull it together and get to my hometown of Greensburg, Pennsylvania and get all my cast and crew out there and shoot the film. And it was, it was definitely a labor of love because everyone came together. It was very positive, fun atmosphere. The community of my small town in Pennsylvania really came together. They were as excited about it as we were. So I think in independent filmmaking, you really have to use your friends and your family and make sure that they're caring about the thing that you're creating because it's, it, it all comes down to collaboration really. For some, for some reason, uh, I've noticed like, you know, smaller independent kind of films have a much bigger focus on the type of quality of acting and like, you know, what, what can they produce from the, from the, the people that are working in it? Um, what, what do you think is the difference between, you know, these small movies and the major films? Well, I think the difference is uh, if you are making a major film, you have to cast stars. That's that's a given. That's that's number one priority is to get a Benedict Cumberbatch is right. to get a Scarlett Johansson. Otherwise, the movie's just not going to get made right. and it's it's not going to get the hundred million dollar budget. So to be honest, in independent film, it's actually really hard to get stars because you can't afford them. <laughs> and sure, but yeah. so sometimes you're just you're just casting and you're honestly looking for the best actor for the role because it's not about star power or celebrity. And and that's really exciting about independent film, because especially independent film made by people of color, because I think there's still a long way to go in terms of creating stars of color in terms of creating black stars and Indian American stars and Asian stars. And so it's, it's really exciting to be able to be in that filmmaking community that cares about the art. And honestly, like if I could best cast Benedict Cumberbatch as something right. I would, but like <laughs> what's his actor. info, you know? Right. <laughs> like like I can't just text him, like I'll email his agent and that, email will get ignored. So at the end of the day, we're all trying to cast the best people for the roles. I see. Um, by the way, we have a fan uh, coming in to join us, uh, Ali Shumri, the other Ali is gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, <laughs> um, what else am I gonna ask you about? Oh, here's Ali, let's wait for him to come in. Hey there, Ali, if you're there, we're ready for you. <laughs> Welcome, Ali, beautiful hello. to see you again. Hello, yes. hello. We're here with the greatest job today, great independent filmmaker slash actress. How amazing. All right, let's uh, continue <laughs> on with the topic we were just talking about. Um, what is like, what is more satisfying for you? Um, you've been acting, you've been directing, you've been writing. What is the part of it that you feel like gives you the most enjoyment? I love acting. I went into entertainment to act and I started writing because I wasn't auditioning for roles that I wanted to play, to be honest. I was auditioning for a lot of stereotypical roles, mm -hmm. roles that where I would have to put on an accent, roles where I would have to put on a headscarf, even though I'm not Muslim, I'm Hindu. And so Hollywood was writing these roles that, <laughs> <laughs> that, 
<laughs> then, I can relate. Yeah, <laughs> we're that, Arabs, so we so we know. Right, so we know exactly. exactly we yeah. know exactly what you're talking. You look about. a little like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they mix us up. They mix us up yeah. all the time. And it's so, fine. so I was just getting frustrated by the roles that I was getting to audition for, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Isa did it, so I'm gonna write the role that I want to play. And so, um, right around the time of Awkward Black Girl. I really honed my writing in terms of being very specific to my point of view about an Indian American girl growing up here in the suburbs. And that's that's been my focus in my writing. And uh, I don't think a lot of other people are doing that. I think what's exciting is that there is this, um, I have many female friends who are also filmmakers. And we, we had some really great kind of diaspora films come out this past year, like India Sweets and Spices and Hot Mess Holiday and um, genre films. I think we can really take over every single genre and, you know, rom-com, whatever it is. Uh, let's just like get in there and do it. Um, amazing, yeah, I agree. For me, I want, what I want to know is like, how are you able to, like in the, in, the, in the new feature film that you've created, how are you able to do all three roles at the same time? The writing, <laughs> the acting, and the directing. I mean, that is not a simple task to do, to be honest. So um, definitely with the writing, what I did was I, as soon as we had a shooting script, I put it away. So I wasn't allowed to touch it anymore. So then that was over. My writing hat was off. And then I could focus on producing and directing and acting. So with the acting, I just, you know, ahead of time, I would have rehearsals with my actors um, where I played kind of actor and director, obviously. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. But I also would memorize my lines, be super prepared. Um, in terms of writing my role, I made sure that my role wasn't the emotionally heavy role in the film because i knew that once i got on set i wanted to really focus on the directing and make sure that i was there for my actors so the character that has the emotionally taxing role is actually um ritesh rajan who plays sunny so i'm more reacting to what he's giving me and he's so amazing he came to rehearsal and he oh, wow. was like he was at my apartment and just like started bawling on my couch through his scenes and i was like Oh shit, I gotta like bring my acting up to his level. Like he was just like bringing it and it was amazing. And so as a director, I just made sure to cast the best cast that I could get. And honestly, a lot of those were my friends. I texted people and, and luckily they said yes. And um, directing wise, once I got on set, I made sure that it was all about making my cast and crew feel comfortable making sure that they're having fun in the process. We're out there in a small town and and it was it was really fun. Um, in terms of directing, you really have to adapt to a lot of things. So it, maybe the movie that comes out isn't the movie that you initially envisioned. You know, it's it's not suddenly moonlight. <laughs> I have a question for you. So um, yeah. Because I have nothing to do with the entertainment industry at all, right? So <laughs> I really don't know the You yeah, kind of are, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically speaking, all I do is just, you know, sit here, talk, and then that's all I do. But the whole behind the scenes thing, I'm not really too... So 
and especially when it comes to filming movies. So you're an actor and you are a director, right? So the scenes that you have to act out, are you directing at the same time or how does that work? So run me through that process. right? Yes, now. I am. I am. So I'm there in the scene and I think it actually helps that I'm an actor because I know emotionally when we got the scene because I'm in the scene. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you know what, what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 but the other part of that, yeah. and this is goes back to collaboration and making sure that you have the best crew that you have. So mm. with my director of photography, Brooks Ludwig, we had a lot of movie dates before actually shooting the movie. We had a lot, we communicated a lot. We talked about, we uh, shot handheld. It was all handheld photography. So we watched Wong Kar Wai films. And I was like, ah, oh, these shots. We watched Monsoon Wedding because that's kind of a similar tone where it balances the comedy and the drama. We, and so I would show him different shots that I really liked or enjoyed. And, and then once we got to set, a lot of directors have time to watch playback. Because we were an independent film, we didn't, I didn't have time to watch playback after he was shooting or after we shot a film or a scene, then I could not watch the playback. I just had to trust that he got it. So if we as actors got it, I would, I would like look over to Brooks and I was like, we got it, right? And he's like, we got it. And so I didn't see any of the footage until after we sh had shot the whole thing. Right. Wow. And you also mentioned like how you tried to make your actors feel comfortable during on, on set. Um, but obviously some directors, you know, tend to be a bit maybe sometimes aggressive with their actors <laughs> or like, like push them <laughs> over the limit. Uh, Who are you talking how, about? Who are you I, talking? <laughs> maybe, I don't know, but I, I, maybe, I don't know, it's like example is Tarantino. I like I've heard some stories and oh, okay. he can be, he can, you know, push you over the limit. Creep. I don't know how you are with your actors. So and obviously so, as an actri actress yourself, how does that feed into the the acting part? Being an actress actress first feeds into it a hundred percent. So basically on Insecure, we had two amazing black female directors, Tina Mabry and Debbie Allen. And those days on set were they both just made you feel, first of all, they were really confident in what they wanted and what they wanted the scene to look like. Um, they were very confident in what they wanted to get from you as an actor. As an actor, no matter how small of a role we were, they would make you feel like you were the star. Um, and then another addition to how Debbie and Tina were, where they were very nurturing almost like a mom and i was like whoa i've never like felt that before and 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 a male director that i've ever had has never had that before so what do you mean like like a like a mom <laughs> as like, a director like, like a very mom. <laughs> nurturing like for example um debbie allen who's who's a legend i don't know if you guys know who debbie allen is but she's a famous choreographer actress director um, all of the things like go ahead and Google her after you're done with this episode. Yeah. D E B B I E A L E N. And she was on a spelling bee. Yeah. So, so basically, she was like playing with my hair while she was giving us notes for the scene. And it felt great 
And I was like, and it was very calming and restful. To be honest, a male director could never do that, right? No, because right. He'd be flagged for sexual harassment. Exactly. So, <laughs> so that I thought exactly. was so interesting. And not that I'm like, oh, I'm going to play with people's hair where I'm on set with them, but I'm going to make sure that my actors have that same kind of feeling that I got, which was yeah. relaxed and safe and important and critical to the shoot. And so that's what I, that is the kind of energy that I channel when I direct. I think it also has to do with the personality of the person, the, the individual who's actually, you know, playing with, playing with your hair. True. Um, if she looks like that, and I don't know if that's her or not. That is her. But she kind of looks like a mom. So she played with my hair. I'd be like, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? But She's like, incredible. If, if someone like Ali, who is a film director, started playing with my hair, I'm sorry, Ali, I've known you for years, but <laughs> no. <laughs> right, right. It's a different kind of context. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. So like, I think what's I think what's important to kind of point out is that, you know, there aren't a lot of women directors. So for women who are listening to this podcast, it's like lean into what we are when you're on set, when you're directing. I mean, another director has said, we played with dolls when we were little and we were acting them out and giving them lines and we were directing dolls. Exactly. That's what we did. Exactly. So, so, so that's what we can do now. Right. Well, I, wow. I used to do that with like toy soldiers. Action figures, right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But we were directing soldiers. So yeah. It's different. We got some experience, boys. Let's, let's make a movie. Come on. Is it? Yeah. Uh, is your film, uh, Ali, you have Netflix, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> is your film going to be out internationally or is it just, um, what's so, like? so right oh, now, whenever, uh, she's, whenever they say so, it's so, always so. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, hopefully it does well in these territories first mm. and then it will roll out internationally. So the first five countries that it will drop on January 21st are US, Canada, UK, New Zealand, and Australia. All oh, right, so I can see it. I'm in the UK. Let's go. <laughs> this is why VPNs exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So Stream that. See, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so can, can you give us like a sneak peek on what the movie is about? We already went over what the movie is about. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, our trailer just dropped uh, Ooh, on Fridays. We can watch it right now. Let's go. Let's go. I think, I think Ali has to do it because you're in Kuwait. Uh, you're in Jordan, bro. So you don't have YouTube access to it. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. You YouTube. realize this, right? <laughs> right, right, right. My bad, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> Here, let me just pull it up. Uh, can I get the name of the... So it should be Array Releasing. I believe that's the site. And that's Ava DuVernay's company. They picked up the film and put it on Netflix. Amazing. And right. before this, give me a second to pull it yeah, up. Yeah, before he pulls it up, like, what was the process? So you made the film and then you sent it out to film festivals and then... Um, yeah, we did yeah. We did the whole virtual film festival circuit for a year and a half, which was really positive, really fun. We picked up a lot of awards and, and just kind of, you know, sent the film out to distributors, got a lot of no's, got a lot of rejection. <laughs> um, but that's, that's normal in our field so i mean as an actress i i get rejected 10 times a week from auditions and stuff so right it's rejections don't really affect me emotionally right. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Your passes, you just kept going at it. And then um, I want to ask you about like the virtual film festival situation. What was that like compared to, you know, because when you did your short film, right, Cowboy and Indian, that was an actual, um, let me just ask this question real quick. <laughs> that was an actual film festival, right? So you were watching yes. it, you went and got to see it versus in a virtual film festival. What was the difference between that experience for you? So I will say it was it was a bit of a bummer to do mm -hmm. a virtual film festival circuit because with Cowboy and Indian to be able to watch the film in a filled theater with an audience was really special. And that's just, the hype. That's the hype. That's that's where you get your endorphins. You know, that's where the magic happens. Um, so we did miss out on that. We had one. We had a few in-person screenings, like one or two. Um, one was at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival, and it was the first time that I was sitting in a theater. This was October of 2021, and I was sitting in a theater with with um, the audience, and when the first few laughs came in, probably like three or four minutes into the film, I like had tears in my eyes. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it because by that point I had watched it so many times that I was like, is it funny anymore? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if these jokes work, but that was, that was really, it was a really special moment. All right. Well, definition please. special moments. We'll be watching a, a trailer of your movie right now. Uh, here we go. And let's do this. Okay. So this is the old trailer. Oh, right. Oh, uh, is there a newer one? Yeah. New trailer, find it, Ali. <laughs> Do your research, So Jamie. this, is, Yeah, so that was, that was trailer number one. So now we want to go to Array, A-R-R-A-Y. Yeah. Let's see what pulls up. That's what pulls up, and I don't think that's the right stuff. That's not. Don't, <laughs> don't put Netflix. Don't put Netflix. All right, so just. Array releasing. Boom. Yeah, there it is. One minute. Let's go. I am so proud to be able to invite the Scribs Spelling Bee champion, Monica Chowdhury, to our classroom. That is correct. Monica Chowdhury? You won the Spelling Bee. And you're like a legit celebrity. I guess. You are both connected by a deep love for your mother. Join forces like Farhan and Zoya. Farhan and Zoya? They are brother-sister Bollywood power duo. I don't know that one. Yeah, I've never heard of Google it. Google it, you f***ing fools! You can't just take care of people your whole life without taking care of yourself. You're pathetic. You got nothing else to do than live at home in your mom's basement and be the little kids in your spare time. I don't live in the basement! I'm on the second floor. I have my own bathroom, you know that. Why did you come back? It was never good enough for you. Sunny protected you for so long. Maybe it's your turn to protect him. We promised each other that we would get out of this boring ass town and do big things. Ladies first. I don't see any ladies. All I see is a bad ass bitch. Okay. Nice. Let's go. Fun fact. Next week. This 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 table here, where is it? It's 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 about yep, this right here. We play this in Kuwait, where <gasps> I'm from. You do? We do. Yeah, we do. So we oh. call it carom. You call it carom? I think we do as well. 
I think we do. I forgot the name, but it's that one where you like hit it with your finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You hit yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You you got to put baby powder all over the table. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> and then you're sneezing the whole game because you have exactly. baby powder. But then when you're like your 20 years into this whole situation, you stop sneezing and you're like desensitized. But yeah, that's. But but it's a cool movie. Like I can't wait to watch this. You know, it's it's yeah, pretty same. cool. And so so what does it feel like when you see your name on something so like very official, right? Like it's Netflix, which isn't easy to get on, uh, or so I've heard. I don't know, Ed, if you can. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> so what does it feel like when you read your name written and produced by? It well, it feels like my hard work has finally paid off. So. Right. So that that's nice. Um, it took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get to this right. place, and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, appreciate everything that's happening right now, which is really cool. I think something that was awesome that during the virtual film festival circuit, we we got a lot of fans along the way in different parts of the country, and so they're really excited to watch it again and and support it and spread the word. So I think. That that was a really positive effect of the virtual film festival circuit. Amazing. I want to ask after watching that trailer. It seems like um, there is like a you know an Indian influence, like with music and the culture and dancing. And so, what has you know Bollywood's a huge scene. Do you like those movies, or what influence have they had on um, you and this film? So I will say that um, I'm Bengali. So my okay. parents my parents are from Calcutta and. Bengali film is a huge influence on me. And Satyajit Ray, which is one of our filmmakers, um, he did the Apu trilogy and right. just really incredible films. And something that he did that I I can't believe he did back in the day, he really put women at the forefront of his films with real roles and real meat behind their characters. And that's not something that actually generally happens with Bollywood films. And I love Bollywood films. A lot of the music in my film is inspired by Bollywood, but it, it's got Bengali lyrics. So at the end of the day, it's a Bengali American film. I really tapped into my own culture. And what was really fun is I have many Indian actors in my film. And some of them are Gujarati, some of them are Punjabi, and some of them are South Indian. And uh, I don't know, uh, Par I don't know if you know Parvesh China, but he's in everything. He plays a really fun cameo in my film. And after reading my script, he said, "Wow, I learned so much about Bengali culture, which is really cool because now that goes back to like what's being written in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. We're being written as." <clears throat> Indians as a monolith. monolith. So we're not a monolith. We have different cultures. We eat different food. Like I go to my friend's house and eat their mom's dosas because my mom doesn't know how to make dosas. She's Bengali. So it's exciting right. to learn about the other cultures within our culture. Right. I think it's cool because you don't see it. It's even within India, I believe that there's like a culture within a culture, let alone like the whole subcontinent, right? I don't know why they call it a sub. It is a whole ass continent. <laughs> a lot of diversity in that one specific area. Right. Also, also within Bengalis, there's True. Hindu Bengalis and Muslim Bengalis. Exactly. And so that's also really cool to kind of explore as well in filmmaking, because I would love to you know, watch a film about a young Bengali Muslim character. I think that would be interesting to watch. 
Yeah, but why? Here's my question, right? So, why do we have to wait for a Muslim Bengali to direct the movie? Why can't it be you? It could be me. Right? Like, is it because the, there's this whole thing? I don't know how it started or where it came from, but I feel like it's very like people are too scared to approach the other side of their own culture and try to dive in more and explore it more and try to display it on you know tv or on the screen the big screen so where do you think that that whole issue came from the fear so, of touching up on so i else? think the issue is um something that has been happening in hollywood for a very long time yes. is that a lot of the characters just haven't been written it, it goes back to who is writing it right mm -hmm. so so I think it's very important for a Bengali Muslim to write that script. Now, mm -hmm. in terms of directing, I think that person can find who best fits for the, her, him, his or her script that he has written. But at the end of the day, in Hollywood, there are tons of writers' rooms, right? And you, you can tell if there's, for example, let's not even talk about Bengali Muslim, let's talk about a Muslim character. Right. Mm. So let's talk about a Muslim character in a TV show that maybe they're the only Muslim character. You can tell when that character has been written by someone who's Muslim. And it's different from someone who writes it who's not Muslim. So I think it's important, especially in that writer's room, to have at least one Muslim person in there to make sure that that character is fully fleshed out and not right. just not just a kind of a, a stereotype. Right. Interesting. Right. I'm tired of stereotypes, honestly. <laughs> We've seen too many of those, especially like like especially like the Arab community. We've seen yes. way too many stereotypes. And also yeah. the Indian community. We've seen a lot of stereotypes. And I think maybe it's a thing of the past. Um, something that I like to bring up is is Aladdin. Okay. Right. So, so, oh <laughs> Ellie, so, this is your fault. <laughs> so Aladdin. Aladdin is interesting because it is somehow they meshed all of our cultures into yeah, one movie. And so I really, in terms of the casting, it was hard for me to get angry about the casting because it is about who wrote this, who created this, and they made it a mesh of all of our cultures. So at the end of the day, it could be cast with someone from the Middle East to India to um, almost Asia, you know, because they, they just like took in kind of the Great China Wall with with Agra and the Taj Mahal with what's happening in the Middle East with the desert and everything out there and, yeah. and the Bengal Tiger, which is from Calcutta. So it's a very interesting mesh of cultures. At the, when I was little, obviously, I wanted to be Princess Jasmine. But now that I'm a, an adult, I'm like, where's our Indian princess? I want an Indian princess. And then there should be an Arab princess and there should be uh, a Chinese princess, you know? So I think what's happening right now in Hollywood is very, very necessary and good in terms of that authentic stories are being told and written by the voices that uh, represent them. And that's at the end of the day, it's all about the script and it's all about the writer. True. And just I think at this point, we shouldn't really about... wait. We don't have to wait for like others to write these kind of stories anymore. Um, I mean, Arabs should just 
go out there and start writing their own material, their own stories, and try to sell them to these uh, yes to these big production companies. Hopefully, one of them gets picked up, and then we get proper representation. Because as you were saying, how there's different uh, uh, what's called religions and ethnicities and cultures in 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 India and and Bengal and all of the above. I'm sorry, it's like my geography is a bit terrible. <laughs> But like even in the Arab world, we right. also, for us, they think like we're all Muslims. And right. that's we're not exactly one. true. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like we have we have Christians, we have Jews, we have Jews, yeah. we have, so, like in Lebanon alone, we have like 18 sects. And the, and it's a very small country, you know, like we have, we're a population of like 4 million. Yeah. So representation is definitely important. And We should, we should be the ones to be pushing for it because we're not going to wait for a white person to push it for us. Right. Exactly. Last time we waited for a white person, they produced a lot. Of it. Just saying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Man. Just saying. Right. right. But I mean, it is kind of what we get for like relying on someone like Walt Disney to do it for touching up on. I remember the first time I watched Aladdin, I was I, like, people got outraged and I was laughing. I was like, that's. Not our at all. That's right. Like they're Bollywood. Yes. They're, they're I don't even think. I don't even think. I'm gonna say that I don't think it's even Disney's fault because if you go back to the original story, it's written by uh, a non-brown person. So, so at the end of the day, it's it's this uh, the source material, I believe, is not authentic. Yeah. Let me, let me check that for yeah. a So who originally wrote a lot? Who originally wrote a lot? <laughs> I really yeah, that's know. interesting. I want to ask you a little, uh, a little controversial. Like a Walter Green or something like that. This Walter is like Green. the whitest pair of... Is it? Like, can we see it? Dude, you, you can... <laughs> can you see it? Ch- check this out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are... Yeah, I see Kevin Lima. Right. Kevin, yeah, Chris, right. Walter, <laughs> I don't see no Muhammad. <laughs> Right. I don't see no. It's um, not a very diverse group of white people either, man. It's just like you know the purest. They white look like they be. could be cousins, <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe I put us in a monolith. Um, we are kind of uh, almost wrapping up on time, so I do want to ask, like, what's kind of next for you, Sujata? Now that you've done this cool movie, what's next? Yeah, um, I have written a lot of scripts over the pandemic, so I am in pre-production for my next feature film that I will also shoot back in Pennsylvania. I love shooting in 